Thank you for listening to this podcast brought to you by Baylife Church Port Stevens. We hope you find this message challenges and inspires you in your daily Christian walk. For more information, visit www.baylifechurch.org.au. My goodness, I, um, I've been thinking about the last few weeks and, and uh, considering it and con- what it means, and it's so enormous, this area. It was almost I got overwhelmed with the information. I thought, oh, I need to put it on hold because I can't, I don't seem to be able to get my head around this, this whole deal. And, uh, but, but I've pushed through, and uh, I feel like I've got a message this morning. It's just going to, we're not going to get too far into it, but I just want to give you some parameters, some understanding of influence and, and get a bit of a handle on it if we can. Uh, before we, we get into the more meaty uh, aspects of it. And, um, you know, it, it is a huge subject, this influence, particularly it seems to be in the world world's perspective of this. You know, we, we don't seem to talk very much about influence in the church, uh, but there's some key things we'll, we'll have a look at this morning. Um, has Chris already gone out, has he? He's gone out with, in your face. Okay. I, I just wanted to... Honor Chris this morning on on his what he's doing at the moment in the church is just fantastic. He uh, uh, he's really stepped up in in youth. You know, youth is going great. We're getting you know sixty, seventy, eighty kids there sometimes, and and it's going awesome. You know, and uh, Chris, is, uh, I said to him uh, early this year, I said, okay, we need to start some sort of foundations course. We've always done it one on one, and and that's okay, but it really isn't cutting it anymore you know we're getting regular salvations and we need to have a group that gets together and other people can do it that maybe feel like they want to get you know update on that and uh uh and so he started um did the whole thinking about we talked about a lot of course and uh started this next steps program that we've got which basically just gives you a next step that's what it comes down to and and we've just done first steps um uh, just over the last three weeks and we had a group of, of very between three and six and then there was leaders that helped out with it well as well and he's just doing an awesome job and it's a shame you know like he said he hasn't heard me preach a while because between in your face and doing everything else he's doing he's been out of the church a fair bit and and uh i, I just want you to recognize that if you can it, next time you see him just, just tell him what a good job he's doing and don't give him too big a head but you know uh uh, he is doing an awesome, awesome job. So, so I just wanted to acknowledge that. And thank you for the team. Yeah, put your hands together. You know, he, he uh, is a great young man. He's got a heart for God and a heart for young people and, and our community. And, uh, uh, and it, it's, it's, you see it outworked in his life um, on a regular basis. You know, just before I get into it, because I'll probably forget to, to mention this in the message, but... Um, a friend of Dorothy and Bill's, and you might know her, Oren Gleeson, uh, passed away in the last few weeks. And, uh, and and talking about influence, this woman had significant influence. Uh, she, she ran uh, orphanage and schools in, in Uganda and uh, um, and in the, in the northern part of Uganda, which is quite quite dangerous territory. And she's got some amazing stories of her life and and. The persecution and the struggles that she had to deal with on a day-to-day basis is just incredible, and uh, you know there's been new, lots of news items about that. It, you, you may not even recognise that that you know she was a strong Christian lady, had significant influence. I mean, you know I think there was thousands of people just at her memorial service in Sydney. There was 
don't know how many, tens of thousands, maybe over 14,000. Wow, over there in, in Uganda. It's just, and she just said, no, no, just dig a hole, put me in the hole and get on with it. You know, that, that's the sort of person she was. You know, that, that's, that's her, 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 she didn't want influence, but she had significant influence. And I, I thought that was such a great example of, of what we're sort of talking about at the moment. And so we're starting this new series called Influence, and the other subtitle I've used is You Can Make a Difference. And, uh, and as I said, we'll, we'll, we'll consider this. You know, this year as I've been thinking, or last year as I was thinking about what our, our mission for the, our vision for this would be, year would be, and what our strategy and, what, and how we'd outwork that. And, and our, our word for this year and last year was Thrive, and it'll also be next year, by the way. Uh, but this year we've, we've chosen to focus on discipleship as part of what we want to really focus in on this. And, and one of the areas that got impressed on me when I was thinking about discipleship was this area of influence. Because it's one of those areas that you, I don't know about you, but I don't think very much about that, you know. And I just think it's good to do a series because you may have recognized that our um, mission statement includes positive influence. In it. And it says this, to reach and positively influence our community world by building a significant church that loves God, loves people, loves life. Now, just go back to the, the first screen. Sorry, mate. I, I realize you might notice it's got a domino on there, and I, I should do this while I'm thinking about it. One of the reasons that that domino thought came to me was because of, um, I don't know if you've seen those dominoes when they line them up in a line, and they it, it only takes one, and it, it knocks the whole lot over. And I there's so many amazing clips on YouTube for this, but they're all about 10 minutes long. So I found one that's not a very good quality one, but if we can just throw it up on the screen just for, for 30 seconds or so, and we'll just have a look at one of those. Uh, oh, it's horrible cold, isn't it? It really is. There's a really good part here in a minute. Just I'll stop it in a second. There's, I, mean, I hope you can see it with how bad that quality is. Look at that. Watch this as it comes around here. Isn't that cool? Anyway, that's enough of that. That's enough of that. I could have just played that, I suppose. Couldn't I just could have played 30 minutes of uh, dominoes falling over? But um, uh, you know what? So here's the thing. That whole process started with one domino. One domino making a difference. One domino deciding to fall over or someone deciding to flick it over. And uh, I heard a funny story when I was looking at these clips. There was someone who was going for a world record with these things. And uh, they were set up in this great big warehouse and this sparrow had got into the warehouse and this guy was freaking out and, uh, uh, and he apparently he, he killed this sparrow, you know. And then he got taken to, and by the um, police because it was actually uh, one of those uh, birds that were endangered. And it wasn't just a normal sparrow, it was a special sparrow for this particular region. And uh, <laughs> he'd taken out this sparrow. Like, you could just imagine how freaked out you'd be if you'd set up all these dominoes, world record, and this rotten little sparrows flying around the place and, and landing somewhere. Anyway, I thought it was funny. Um, okay, 
So let's have a look at our mission statement again. To reach and positively influence our community world by building a significant church that loves God, loves people, loves life. And, uh, and, and see, I believe we as the church, the body of Christ, we're put on this earth to make a difference, to make a difference, to positively influence people around us. And, and, and there's one thing I, I want to say um, in, in conjunction with that mission statement. Um, building a significant church has very little to do with size or numbers. I want you to hear that. I want you to hear a hearty. A significant church has to do with influence, positive influence, not negative influence, positive influence in our community and our world. And, and a significant church makes a difference, influences people's lives for good by reaching them and, and helping them out, you know, helping those that are less fortunate than ourselves, the lost, the poor, uh, the disadvantaged, the weak, the, the oppressed, helping those people out, outworking that influence both at a personal level and at a corporate level. So it has to be both. You cannot rely on the church being that positive influence. You have to take responsibility for it and go, no, I am going to be that positive influence. You see, it's a, it's a personal stance, and, and it needs both corporate and personal. And, and earlier this year, I challenged our, our leadership team along those lines. I basically said, um, you know, we, we're doing well for the church mission, but what are you doing personally? not talking about the church, not talking about your ministry, not talking about your departments, not talking about other things. I'm talking about you personally. How are you reaching and positively influencing our community and our world? How are you contributing to that? You know, what, what are you personally doing? And, uh, and it's a big challenge. And it's the same challenge I issue you with this morning. What are you personally doing to influence, to positively influence our community and world? Yeah, and, and that's what a significant church is, is all about. It's never about numbers, but the truth is, the truth is, healthy things grow. So it's not about numbers. We don't focus on numbers, but the truth is, healthy things grow. It's never about buildings or things or property or any of those sorts of things. But I know as we follow God's biblical principles, as we love God, love people, love life, we will flourish and thrive and we will prosper because of that. If we keep our priorities right, if we keep our influence positive, if we look in the right direction in this stuff, you know, and it's never our focus to necessarily, oh, we have to get focused from time to time to build buildings and that sort of stuff, of course. But, but that's not the reason we do it. It's to reach and positively influence our community and our world. That's why we do this thing. You know, really, if you thought about it, we don't need a building. As Christians, as mature Christians, we don't need a building to meet together. It would be just as nice meeting out the back. In fact, I've had suggested that it would be much better meeting out the back in the sun and enjoying the sun, and I agree, you know. But, but here's the deal. If we are going to uh, be a church of influence, people have to actually physically see something. And, and to me, if I'm going to do something, I want to do it well, and I want to have a building that represents us, that I would be happy and and, and really and want to bring people to and go, yeah, this is the church. This is where we meet. And it represents who God is and hopefully it represents who we are. And it's not because we want to impress people, although the, I guess there's a part of that. I want somewhere that, that positively influences someone that says, wow, that's, that's different. I didn't think the church like that. I didn't see, you know, I didn't see the, 
and understand there'll be lights and there'll be music and there'll be a band and, and it's a good band, you know, it actually can play, you know, and they're not out of tune and, and, uh, and those people can sing. Isn't that a good thing? You know, it's a positive influence. You know, as I was, I was thinking and reading about lots of stuff and praying about this, this last week or so, um, I just wrote down some, some statements in my prayer journal. And, uh, and it's the thought I, it's the place I ended up thinking I'd start this whole series because I just want to unfold this a little bit for you to get my, I don't know, get, get the gist of where I'm coming from with this. And, and, and so the questions I'll try to answer is what is influence, first of all, but then what is godly influence? So there's what is influence and then what is godly influence? And uh, you know what, I might pray just before I get into this. Father God, I thank you, Lord, that you are an amazing God. You have, you're so influential in our lives and this world. And God, we, we sometimes underestimate that. We sometimes downplay that, Lord. But this morning, Father, I pray you give us an understanding, an impression, a revelation of the influence that you want for us personally, God, corporately as the church, the body of Christ. You know, I pray you give us a greater understanding of what that is and how we outwork that in our lives. And I pray that in your precious name, in the name of Jesus, amen. Okay, so a dictionary definition of influence is this, the capacity to have an effect on the character, development, or behavior of someone or something. The capacity to have an effect on character, development, behavior of someone or something. And, and to be truthful, that influence described there can be positive or negative. It can be good or evil. And, and that's why we include positively influence our community world in our, in our mission statement. So we can really clear and really uh, make sure we understand it's a positive effect we're looking for, not a negative effect. And uh, the core scripture we're going to use for this whole series is Matthew 5, uh, 13 to 16. And I've got a screen for there, but you can open your Bibles there if you want to. Matthew 5, 13 to 16 says this in the NIV version. You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It's no longer good for anything except be thrown out, trampled on by men. You are the light of the world. A city on the hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before men that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. Now, Robin used this scripture last week, and she never lets me look at what she's preparing when she's preparing. So, so she, because she doesn't want me to talk, like, give her my opinion, and uh, uh, which I can understand that, I guess. But uh, so I didn't even know she was using that. But, but you know what? That last week could have been a a part of this preaching series very easily. It fits very well where where we're going with this series, and it sets it up very well. Okay. So my first point this morning: you are a person of influence. And you can make a difference. The statement, you are a person of influence and you can make a difference. And a good exercise for us to, to think about is our sphere of influence. And this is Stephen Covey stuff. It's uh, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. I read many years ago when I was in business. Loved it. Applied it in my life and the business. And I, I feel like I applied it in the church as well. It talks about a sphere of influence. Those people in our lives. Then there's a circle of concern, which is the wider the wider circle, which people who are reactive try to control that circle of influence instead of the sphere of, oh, sorry, circle of concern rather than sphere of influence. And, and we need to know who our sphere of influence is. That is, 
Who are the people that you influence? Okay, I don't want to get too technical this, but who are the people that you are coming in contact with? And if you think about a few names, just start to jot it down because I'm telling you, when you think about it, we influence a lot of people. It might be family members. It might be brothers or sisters. It might be our spouses, and we like to influence our spouses more sometimes. And, uh, um, you know, if you're married, if you're children, you, you, you want to influence your children. And, in fact, there's been some recent studies that have shown Parents influence our children a lot more than we actually think we do. We have got a significant influence on our kids. And don't underestimate that. Don't think they're looking to their peers all the time. They're looking at you and the way you're acting, the way you're doing things. Um, You may have relatives. Maybe they live nearby or or away a long long way. Friends, sometimes they're long-term friends. Sometimes they're just someone you've just met. Uh, uh, Colleagues, people at work, school. Even if you're in your own business, you know, there's customers and there's suppliers. And, and, uh, and I remember many years ago when I was in business, you know, this guy was intrigued that I'd consider giving up a business to go into ministry. He just couldn't get it. And I remember he actually rang me after I, I'd, uh, I was at Bible college and he just, he just couldn't get it. He just, there was, he just couldn't comprehend what the heck are you thinking, Greg, you know? And, uh, you know, we had a significant, well, not, it was a medium-sized business, I guess. There was um, 20 or 30 staff. There was, we, we were uh, importers and, and uh, manufacturers, and we, we, we had distribution in New South Wales, and we had wider distribution throughout Australia. And, uh, you know, and, and he just saw how we're set up, and he goes, what are you thinking? What, what are you thinking? And uh, he just couldn't get it. And I was able to start to tell him, you know what, mate? I know it seems like a dumb decision, but there's actually more to life than business because he, his whole life was his business and he just couldn't get it. Anyway, um, here's the thing that, that I've looked, I did some research on this and aver- on average, each of us influence 40 or 50 people. 40 or 50 people. That's a lot. And if you say, for instance, took, um, thought about that, in this church context, you know, we think we're just a little church and we're not influencing many people. Well, I think we are. But, but, you know, you can think like that sometimes. Here's the thing. Say we're 250, 300, say, say 250. And, and we influence 40 or 50 people each, say 40, just to make it, take the smaller numbers. How many people is that? 10,000 people. Baylife Church... If we are a positive influence in our community and our world, influence about 10,000 people. That is a lot, you know, and, and that's why this influence thing is actually a big deal as far as I'm concerned. That is a lot. Here's the thing, though. We have a choice whether we'll use our influence for ourselves or whether we use our influence to influence other people, to make a difference in, in others' lives. See, we all have influence. We all do. And the Bible talks about uh, this in, in Galatians 5. In this verse, it starts with a negative illustration of influence. It gives this principle and then gives a principle. Here's the negative. But it takes only one wrong person among you to infect all the others. And that's true, isn't it? Just one person can make so much difference. But here's the principle. A little yeast spreads quickly through the whole batch of dough. And yeast is neutral. It's not good or bad. And it's whether we choose to allow it to spread for good or for bad and, uh, or for evil. 
So you and I do have influence. We get to choose how we use our influence. And that's my next point. We choose how we use our influence for good or for bad, for, for neutral or, 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 or for negative, you know. And, uh, and the good news is we get to choose. You know, one of the greatest God gifts is that he lets us have free will, free choice. And, uh, and I want just a little survey because you're very quiet. Okay, you're all very, I think it might be a bit warm in here or something. I, I don't know, but you're all looking very quiet. So a little bit of audience participation, okay? I'm going to call out some people that I think are influential. And I want you to shout out whether you think they're good or they're bad, okay? You with me? You understand what I'm, I'm getting at here? So I'm going to call out some names. What's the first one? Billy Graham. Good. Yep, I'd say that would be about right. Mother Teresa. Okay. Martin Luther King Jr. Good. Yep. Adolf Hitler. Osama bin Laden. Okay. David Osler. Oh, I thought we were on a roll then. Oh, sorry. <laughs> just testing you, just testing, see if you're listening. Okay. Here's some more interesting ones. Here's some more interesting ones. Gina Reinhardt. Depends on your point of view, really, doesn't it? Donald Trump. Okay, what about Bill Gates? Okay, that's interesting because five years ago they did a study on exactly this thing. And back then, everyone, the majority of people said, he had a bad influence on our, our culture, on our communities. Of course, now things have changed around. He's got the Gates Foundation. And he's giving lots of money away. And all of a sudden, people start to see him you know, as a good influence. And, and so it's very interesting. you know. And there's a, I could do something really interesting now and start talking about political leaders and that we could have a real great fight in here. I can uh, get really excited in here. And uh, <laughs> Clive Palmer. <laughs> now, okay. So, so think about your own influence. Think about your own influ- influence. How are you choosing to use your influence? And, and I guess um, we've, maybe for you and, and for me, to be truthful, I've been a little bit apathetic about that. I haven't really thought too much about that. And I don't think I've really chosen one way or the other necessarily. Um, but here's the truth. If, if left alone, most of us tend to lean away from our influence in a positive way. By ourselves, we'll tend to either withdraw or not use our influence. We tend to use our influence in a very selfish way, uh, sort of a self-indulgent way, and, and, and take advantage for ourselves of our influence. And, and, and that's why we have to be so proactive in this process. We have to actually be, be positive influence in our community where we have to really get the news. Because we have this sin nature in us, a sin nature that is always, we're always battling with day in and day out. We want to do good, but we don't want, can't do good, and the sin gets in the way, and, and blah, blah, blah. And, 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 and Paul talks about this. You know, the great uh, disciple, the great apostle Paul, and, and in Romans 7.15, and I'm just going to use a couple of verses out of that passage. He says this in verse 15, I do not understand what I do, for what I want to do, I do not do, but what I hate to do, I do. This is the apostle Paul. I think it's the same for us. And in verse 21, it goes on and says, So I find this law at work. When I want to do good, evil is right there with me. Has anyone ever experienced that? I know I have. You know, 
I've had the intentions of doing good. This is an interesting statement. Um, I heard this a little while ago. We judge ourselves on our intentions. We judge other people on their actions. I had the right intentions. I just didn't do what I was intending to do. But now you've judged me. You know, you can't do that. I intended to do the right thing. But when other people don't do the right thing by us, we judge them by it. And go, you know, you didn't do the right thing by me. Well, I intended to. I don't care what your intentions were. You see, our intentions mean nothing if there's not actions connected to it. We don't step out and take action on those intentions. They're just, they're nothing. They really, they don't make any difference at all. And I remember hearing a little while ago about Mel Gibson, you know, a great actor and director and lived in Australia for a significant part of his youth. And, uh, you know, he he seemed like a really good guy, a great influence. And he was married for a long period of time. He had seven kids. And he directed, and I think he produced as well, the the, the Passion of Christ um, movie. And it was fantastic at the time. It was just such a big big deal you know he's a devout catholic and and, and then we start to hear that he's got a girlfriend and he divorces his wife and all his kids he gives you know and start to hear news reports about drink driving and and he's arrested and he abuses the police and there's anti-semitic and racist rants and we hear about domestic abuse and he's had a child with his girlfriend and and you think wow what's going on this guy was such a good influence and for some reason, he's chosen. It's a choice. It's not just circumstances. It's a choice. And he's chosen not to be. Now, of course, if you look at the, the facts of this, he, he openly acknowledged his battle with alcohol addiction. And part of his probation sentence, he had to go for, to AA for three years. And, you know, and, and, and we are all influenced by those big stuff. you know. But all that good is wasted. And, and, and we're, you know, for some of us, we're influenced by alcohol, drugs, pornography, all those addictive things in our lives. And I'm telling you, you'll end up being a bad influence, a negative influence if you let that dictate your life. You have to take control of that. You need to take action, not intentions, actions. What am I going to do? What am I going to do to get dry, for instance? I've got to go to rehab. You've got, to, you've got to do some stuff. You can't just expect it just to go away. It just doesn't happen that way. You know? And, and, and he, he's a guy that I thought was a wonderful role model, a great positive example. And all of a sudden, his reputation is down the toilet. And he's, he's, it's just diminished into this negative influence. And in fact, so much so that he can't get any roles in Hollywood. I think he's just got one recently, but... but he couldn't get any roles. No one wanted to, to use him. He, they wouldn't let him produce or direct any films. But they just, it, it was a negative influence. Use your influence for good. You've got a choice there. Okay. Next statement. I'm going okay. Is this, and, and this, is, this is an interesting one. So listen to these words. And I've got it on the screen. True positive influence is never inactive, never reactive, but always proactive. Never inactive. Never reactive, always proactive. And I'll explain that a little bit. If you've been around for five minutes or more, you would have used me, heard me use that word proactive a fair bit. I, I, just, I just love it in my life, in my family, in, in my businesses before, in church. I just, 
I just see it's, it's a, the way we should live our lives. Consistent, small improvements, day in and day out, bring huge significant benefits and long-term gain. And that's the way we should be living our lives. It doesn't have to be the big thing. It doesn't have to be, you know, the, 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 the lightning written across the sky, you know, you're going to do this, you're going to be an amazing influence. No, just make the right choices day in and day out. That's what it takes. I'm going to break this statement down just a little bit. True influence is never inactive. And I love this quote by Edmund Burke. It says, all it takes for evil to succeed is for a few good men to do nothing. That's true. You know, that's one of the things I'm really passionate about as a, as a pastor, as, a, as, a, as a, a leader, as a dad, as a husband, friend, whatever. I just want to see people activated into their calling, into their area of influence, into their purpose. And, and a lot of my teaching, pastoring, preaching is out of that to get you unstuck. And I know sometimes you resist because you're not in the right place for it, but that's okay. Hang in there. But, but I will try to make you feel uncomfortable. That's, that's what I do. I, I want to do that. That's my goal. And so if you're not uncomfortable, sit on something or something where you just make yourself uncomfortable. And because I want to, I want, I'm passionate about this. I want to unstick the body of Christ, or, or at least the body that I'm a part of, to become all that they're meant to be, to be influential, to be a positive influence in our community and world, to go to the next level, to position you to go to, for more in God. And I guess people either respond to that or, or not. You know, that, that's the truth. Um, I remember Robert Ferguson saying something like this in a preaching workshop. I don't think I got this exactly right, but it was similar to this. I want to preach so that I make you offended at me or offended at yourself. I want to preach so that I make you offended at me. I think he also had in God there somewhere too. Offended God or offended at yourself. You see, that brings change. When, when we get offended, there needs to be change brought to that situation. And basically there needs to be a response. There has to be a response has to be. Hmm. You know, I just truly believe when we encounter the living God, when we truly encounter him, we will be changed. We will be transformed. Whether it's through prayer or worship or, or the word or, or reading the Bible or, or, you know, whatever it is, we will be changed. When we encounter the, the living God, we'll be changed and transformed into his image. And, and for me, there's nothing sadder than seeing Someone that calls themselves a Christian but lives a lukewarm life. You know? And, and these people may even come to church every now and then. They look like they have it together. They sense that something's not right, something's not whole about their walk. And you, you generally never see fruit in their lives or the ministry. You never see them being an in, a positive influence in people's lives. And, and because they're living this with this facade. They're living with this mask, this masquerade of what it is to be a Christian. See, being a Christian isn't coming to church on Sunday morning. Being a Christian is being a positive influence in our community and world, in our families, in our relationships, in our marriages. That's what a Christian is. We, we, we put God before all that. You know, we include God as first in our relationships, first in our finances, first in our, in our, our reaching other people. First thing in, in every aspect. You see, that is what being a Christian is. It's not 
turning up here for an hour and a half on a Sunday morning and go, well, I'm a Christian because I go to church. No, no, no. That's just going to church. See, we have to be the church. We have to be the church. You know, and that's, that's part of this whole rationale behind this uh, welcome home theme we've been running with just recently, you know. And I just think it's one of the saddest thoughts for God and also for me as a pastor, not seeing people activated and building the kingdom of God, not being activated in the body of Christ, not, not using their gifts and, their, and, and actively, proactively doing that. You know, if Jesus Christ is the head of the church, and he is, we have to be connected to the body of Christ to be outworking what Jesus would want. And yes, it's imperfect. We're not perfect. It just isn't going to be. I'm going to make lots of mistakes. Our leadership will make lots of mistakes. We'll say the wrong thing. We'll do the wrong thing or don't do the right thing. And it's just the way it will happen. But if we're no longer connected to the church, either through offense or hurt or apathy, to me, that is so sad for God. So sad. And, and, you know, we don't talk about that. We don't think about that very much. But, but Jesus says he'll build his church and the, the gates of Hayes will not prevail. That's what he says. You know, and, and, and for you and me, we have to proactively be a part of that. We have to actually work out where we fit. We have to work out where our gifts and our talents and our skills and our experience and our passion. Uh, and we have to start applying that in the body of Christ. It's not a passive thing. It's a proactive thing to positively influence our community world through building a significant church, a church of influence, a church that makes a difference, a church that cares, that loves, that doesn't just live it, do it as a facade. It's not just what we do on Sunday morning. For goodness sake, if this is all it was, I'd, I'd resign tomorrow. As much as I love what we do, I love being here in a service. I love meeting with you together. But if that's all we do, I can go back and get a job because I can just turn up on a Sunday morning. We can do that. I don't need to do what we're doing. I can bypass all the other stuff, you know. But truly, if we are meant to be, to reach and positively influence this community and our world, we have to take this thing seriously. We have to proactively go after what God's put in you to assimilate in the body of Christ and start to outwork into our community and our world. That's what it's going to take to make a significant difference in this place. Hmm, sorry about that. Got a bit carried away there. True influence is never reactive. True influence is never reactive. See, I love that word proactive, but I, I don't like that word reactive. Because uh, reactive so often ends in negative influence. And mostly around here, you won't hear from the pulpit things that we don't like, but you'll hear what things we are for. You know, and, and I want to use an example. It's quite a controversial subject, and, and uh, uh, but it's something I've been discussing with someone this week, and it can be quite emotive, and and with good reason. Uh, but let's use um, pregnancy termination, abortion, as an example. You know, and we don't. I don't think I've ever said the word abortion in church before, to be truthful. But but let's talk about that because it's a difficult subject matter. And as Christians, we're challenged with this understanding that it's God's role to give and take life, not ours. Yes? With me? Okay. But we can, and so with that information, we can so easily justify and rationalize uh, taking up the bandwagon of being anti-abortionist lobbyists, lobbyists and, and maybe and groups. And we can stand on the street corners. We can stand at those 
those clinics and we could have our placards and we could hurl abuse and we could graffiti their, their buildings and, and we could do all that sort of stuff. But to me, that's reactive. And, and, and we can call those people who are doing that stuff evil and, and bad and, and all those things. And we could even probably justify our actions biblically, if we, scripturally, if we looked hard enough. But you know what? These sorts of reactions bring many consequences that we don't understand. And for those women that have had to make that tough decision somewhere in their past, it brings up guilt and shame and condemnation or even hate. That's not Jesus' heart. That's not Jesus' heart. And for those girls who are contemplating abortion, they may even get a fearful, but they see those placards, they hear the insults, they, they temporarily change their mind based in fear. It doesn't represent Jesus. God's love for us, for mankind, is whole. It, and, and if their decision is influenced by fear, it just confirms people's thoughts of God or the church or Christians in that negative reaction. See, a much better stance is, and I'll give you the, I won't leave you there. <laughs> I'll, I'll take you a bit forward. Much better stance is to be proactive and pro-life, to help develop and build better education for girls, you know, and things like shine and, and strength that we're doing in the high schools to, to give those girls and boys self-esteem, self-worth, and, and pro- provide a, a, an opportunity for free counselling for those girls thinking about their choices with pregnancy to give them options, options that aren't based in fear but based in love, you know, and and provide ways and means to support these girls if they do want to have their babies and how can we help them with that. You see, to me, that's being proactive. That's not being reactive. That's that's the way Jesus would want us to operate in this realm. And and truthfully, you know, I, I feel like God's seeded something in me over the years and it was even before we planned this church about a medical center about a counseling center about a place financial counseling like all the bits are there and it's just a matter of time and when and we can't push these things of course you can't force these things because in fact under our current um uh, uh zoning for the church we actually can't do a medical centre here, so it would have to probably be off-site. But, you know, something in me that says that, that's what Jesus would be doing if he was here. He'd go, come on, let's provide free medical service. Let's provide counselling. Let, let's provide help for, for those young girls. Let's provide, if people are doing it tough with finance, let's help, help them out in that place. That, that's to me, is pro, proactive, pro-life. That's God's love. See, does that make sense to you this morning? I hope it does. I know it's a controversial issue to talk about. But to me, that's positively influencing our community and world. That's being proactive. That's really being the church. That's being influential. That's being a true disciple of Jesus Christ. And I want to read you a message version of Matthew 5, uh, verse, you know, that, that scripture we looked at earlier, out of the message, because it, it just changes it just a little bit. Let me tell you why we are here. We're here to be salt seasoning that brings out the God flavors of this earth. If you lose your saltiness, how will you people taste godliness? You've lost your usefulness and will end up in the garbage. Here's another way to put it. You're here to be light. Bring out the God colors in the world. God is not a secret to be kept. We're going public with this, as public as a city on a hill. If I make you light bearers, you don't think I'm going to hide you under a blanket, do you? I'm putting you on the light stand. 
Now I've put you on, there on the hilltop on a light stand. Shine. Keep open house. Be generous with your lives. Be opening up to others. You'll prompt people to be open with God. He's this generous Father in heaven, which leads me to the, the next point, the final point. Real influence is about being a true disciple for Christ and a devoted, devoted follower of Jesus. And if we think about it, the most radical, influential person who will ever walk the face of this earth was Jesus of Nazareth. Born 2,000 years ago, he started this movement that carries his name, Christianity, Christians, Little Christ. That's what it means in, in the Greek. The current estimates are there are over 2 billion followers. I think it's more than that, but, but they're the latest stats I got. 2 billion followers. That's better than any Twitter account I've seen. And, uh, and you know, that's one-third of the world's population or thereabouts. And listen to this quote. Oh, no, that's right. That's the thing I want to say. The Bible, get this, the Bible is the most influential book ever written and published. It's the most read book in, in eternity, forever. Even Harry Potter, it even outdoes that, you know? And, and, but listen to this quote. Some of the most socially, culturally, and behaviorally influential teaching, teachings in history are attributed to the individual we know as Jesus Christ. But here's the problem for us a little. Jesus' idea of influence and leadership is counterintuitive. It's different to what the world says. You know, because we're told here, but Jesus tells us, whoever wants to become great among you must be a servant. And whoever wants to be first must be slave of all. Wow, that's different. That's not the way I was thinking of influential. Uh, it just It's quite different to the worldview, and particularly might even be different to our view of what being influential is. And as part of the series called Influence, we're going to look at Jesus' life and how he called us to be true disciples, to have true influence, that active discipleship and fellowship that only, that only matches Jesus' teaching about influence. You are the salt, you are the light. You are the salt, you are the light. You have influence. You can make a difference. What are you going to choose about that influence? What are you going to do about that? You know, are you going to live a proactive life? Are you going to proactively influence other people, our community and world? To be that real influence is to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. It has to be proactive. You can't put it on auto cruise and do that. You have to be reading the word. You have to be praying. You have to be connected to other Christians. You have to be to really have the influence that God would want us to have. I want to finish this morning by reading this scripture out of Philippians 2. It goes like this. Verse 1. If you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any fellowship with the Spirit, if any, any tenderness and compassion, and make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and purpose, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility consider others better than yourself. Each of you should look not only to your own interests, but also to the interests of others. Your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus. As the band come, let's pray. As the band come, let's pray. Father God, we, we thank you, Lord, for your word. We thank you, Lord, for your challenge. We thank you for this whole theme of influence, God. We, we just, we, we pray that we can get our heads around this and we can get our hearts around this.
and that we can use our influence for good, not for evil, God. Let us be, God, I just pray this morning, we get so healthy that whatever we so hold, so, so much like a disciple of Jesus, that our response is always pure, that's proactive, never reactive or never neutral. It's proactive. It, it wants to produce a positive outcome, positive influence, God. Father, let us be like Jabez. Let our influence increase, God, in this place. Let us make a difference in people's lives. Father, we, we thank you for this opportunity to know you more. God, we want to honor you and bring you glory to be a true disciple of you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. And while you've got your heads bowed and your eyes closed, you know, I don't know where you are personally on your walk with God. But it all got to start somewhere. And it starts with a choice, as we've been talking about. And this morning, maybe you've never asked Jesus into your heart. Or maybe you have and you felt like you've stepped away from that. You're not living the life that God will want you to live. And here's the opportunity here this morning to get right. Between you and God, not me, I'll, I'll do the invitation, but it's between you and God. And so if that's you this morning, here's an opportunity to get right with God. All you have to do is just stick up your hand and, and I'll recognize it. And we're going to pray for you at the end of the service. It's a simple, but it's also a hard thing because I know there's fear in you and there's fear of man and there's fear of all that. Yeah, what if, what if? Well, just, just lay that down for a minute. Just you and God. What's your response to him this morning? All you have to do just go, you know, Greg, that's me. I want a relationship with God. And I feel like I haven't got it right now. If that's you, just stick up your hand and I'll, I'll recognize it. Or I'll pray for you at the end. Is there anyone here this morning that, that is courageous enough to make that choice? Here's your opportunity. Thank you, God. Lord, we, we thank you, God, for your word. We thank you, God, for your Holy Spirit. Lord, I pray this morning, your Holy Spirit is filling us with, with what you would want in our lives, that you are challenging us, that you're expanding our thinking, that you're opening our minds and our hearts to all the potential you have in each one of us, Lord, to be the church of Jesus Christ on this earth, to positively influence our community and world, to make a difference in people's lives. God, let us be that church. Let us be that church. We pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks. Thanks for listening to the message today brought to you by Baylife Church. We hope the message leaves you feeling challenged and inspired to live out your Christian walk. Please tune in again for next week's message.